scandal going on. This is totally outside what we're going to talk about, so I wanted to mention it real quick. There's a big scandal going on in Detroit because um, apparently uh, there's like a payola scheme that's legal where businesses can pay for preferred police protection. So basically that there's I saw this yes there's a guy who's like a independent journalist called uh, Motor City Muckraker that I follow and he does pretty good stuff like really goes after corruption and somebody created like a murder account and said I'm a DPD officer and we all fucking hate this because we'll get a call for someone getting their head crushed in you know violent assault at a, a poor business and that's considered uh, tier two uh, response time. Uh, but we'll have to go uh, to a, a business that paid for tier one protection if somebody's loitering, right? How, how the fuck is that legal? That's like literally like introducing so much capitalism fucking, into right, social, like, right. that's fucking psychotic. And I've, you know, the only cops I've ever really praised have been Detroit cops because they deal with just nonstop real emergencies there. Um, but this was, like, clearly the, the stuff they said was legit. You know, they wouldn't just make a burner account and call it a burner account <laughs> unless they were trying to actually get some some word out there. Um, and at the same time, the, the person that um, revealed the whistleblower, this was the president of the um, fire department union in Detroit. And immediately the, the head of the police in Detroit tried to file criminal charges against this guy. <laughs> it's like, how much more bad could you make yourself look? So it's like Ugh. the beat officers are all like, this is fucking crazy. And then the people at the top are like, the police are like, oh, we figured out a way to make money. We can get people to, you know, businesses that don't want to, you know, want us to over police them. They can pay us for better protection. And it's it like, I don't know how it's legal, but it got explained to me last night by several people on Twitter on my other account, and I was just like, yep, that sounds like it. That sounds like Detroit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck that, man. Well, anyway, <laughs> welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, uh, Anthony Monterullo, joined here by my co-host this week, uh, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? Oh, hey, I didn't realize you were recording all of that, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you, you can clip that out it's, if you'd like, but nah, eh, interesting. whatever. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. What's uh, going on? Well, we just I had what I referred to as Hell Week at the Department of State. With you know, I work with passports, and everyone's trying to travel. And there's a lot of people that called in this week that realized they were not going to get their passports in time, or got to the gate of the airport and realized their passport was expired and it was too late to get a new one. I mean, that's thousands of dollars wasted. I don't know. They're very, trip. they're very common, and, reasonable though. I'm sure, right? When you talk to them. Oh, the one woman that just called in sobbing. I heard her sobbing before she started to talk, and I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and it was for a minor, and the birth certificate was two states away in Ohio. They were at the O'Hare, uh, and there was no way. There was no fucking way they were going to get back and get it in time to even get to a rescheduled flight. So that's thousands of dollars, dollars down the drain. Trip is not going to happen at all. Uh, and Christmas is basically ruined for that entire family. Um, so to be the one to let them know that <laughs> it was yeah, fucking not, not really fucking tough. Ideal. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I got, I, I got to save for that, a few. But like... Yeah. Uh, oh, just, I, I got to save a few people's Christmases too. Like we do have the power to help people get things they wouldn't have got otherwise. So I had mm-hmm. probably at least a dozen people that were like, Oh dude, you, this guy from Huntington beach, California was like, bro, you fucking saved my Christmas, man. Like I get to see my family now. It's going to be fucking sweet because of you, man, because of you. Um, yeah. And I, I have a lot of sympathy for those people, but also like if you're going on in an international flight, fucking like 
you know cross your t's and and dot your your lowercase j's like like do not fucking go into a situation like that and not i mean it, it's such a it bitch to travel i know i'm sure every fucking day it you know and it's like jesus maybe it's for people that travel so often internationally they don't think about it cuz i think for most people that aren't rich like that you would check every one of those things if you travel all the time internationally it might slip your mind, you know, like when you have lots sure. of money, you forget to pay your bills because you have the money for it. Whereas if you don't have the money, you're constantly thinking about how you're going to figure out <laughs> how to pay know. the bill. That, that bill's probably not getting paid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. I've, I've done that where my utility yeah. would get shut off because I'm like, oh, I had three grand in the bank. Why didn't I pay that bill? I didn't think about it because I had the money for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, and, you know, I mean, I'm I'm super like crazy about i think that i think to bring it slightly on topic to uh christmas you know in home i think home alone like traumatized me as a child to the point where like anytime i travel now i'm always like okay is the ticket is the tickets are checked in is this done is that like i'll check right. like 15 times to make all sure all that <clears throat> shit is in order but anyway yeah well i get worried about traveling alone because most of the times i travel to another city i'm by myself like i'm going to visit somebody else so i have no one else to remind me of shit and mm. i haven't had a big problem like that before but i'm always kind of like I you haven't left trip. yourself home alone by accident no no <laughs> uh but i'm always terrified like i won't wake up in time and i'll miss the train and then like i'll just whatever you know yeah yeah no I, I, yeah same shit um yeah so um interesting week this week <laughs> to say the least oh my god uh, so a lot many, of shit happened so many heads exploded this week <laughs> i don't even know where to begin yeah. uh help us <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, so uh, I, I think, is this our, no, this won't be our last episode of the year, we got one more, but this is our last episode for, before uh, Christmas, so this is our special Christmas episode, Christmas we edition. Have, of do we have any sleigh idiots. bells we can we can jingle? Um, looking for no. Sleigh bell shaped up, dub, no. Dub it in, dub it in later, dub it in later. <laughs> no, it's too much work, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Good enough. Um, But yeah, so anyway, uh. Trump did some interesting things this week uh, that I want to talk about, um, and he did something that I at least nominally agree with him uh, on doing. So that's you know, oh yeah, I, interesting. I agree with him a lot on this. Uh, <laughs> he might be doing it for terrible reasons, but but uh, um, yeah, exactly. Still support uh, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so tr- uh, obviously, if you haven't been paying attention, uh, Trump uh, decided to pull troops out of Syria. Uh, or, you know, at least uh, give off the appearance of pulling out troops from Syria. That's why I say anomaly agree. It, it, we're still going to be conducting bombing raids and things like that, but we're at least taking out 2,000 ground troops, uh, the 2,000 ground troops that we had stationed in Syria. Well, um, I, I have to admit that, like, probably almost all Americans, I didn't know we had ground troops no, in Syria. No, me neither, because we, we were so never many fucking told. War. Yeah, and my reaction to that was, what what we had ground troops in syria <laughs> yeah, right. when did that fucking start and overwhelmingly re- the reaction from liberal democrats uh centrist democrats conservative democrats and the Beto bunch most most of the gop um was not shock that we had all these troops in uh syria but that we were taking them out right and i know yeah. that people who didn't know we had troops there skipped over that part of the outrage and went right to how dare Trump do this. This is going to, you know, create a vacuum. The poor Kurds are going to be slaughtered, but you know, Russia is going to take, it's like, 
this was this was a fucking proxy war. This was just nothing but a proxy war. And it's like they want us to be in these proxy wars against Russia now because they think that Russia is our enemy. But you know what else? They also feel instinctively like they need to defend it because Obama was the one who started the Syrian war. Well, that's, I shouldn't say started the Syrian war, but started our involvement, our involvement. in the Syrian yeah. war. Yeah. So well, they, they feel like... He once, all the way back in 2000, people don't remember this, he tried to do this in 2013 and there was so much outrage uh, from the real left and from many liberals at the time that Obama was going to start a war that he didn't do it. He waited until 2014 to do it. And people kind of went more along with it at the point at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you know, the only country more devastated than Syria is Yemen. And that's also on us. Right. Of course. So yeah. it just extremely disappointing to see so many people who were in, completely against the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan under Bush now arguing in favor uh, of staying in these wars. I was so fucking naive to think that liberals would become anti-war once Trump became president. I know. We no, talked about it, that on the show, it, I think. Yeah, it, like... it's, it's like in, instead, uh, I mean, Obama ran on ending the Iraq war, on ending the Afghanistan war. He did neither. <laughs> yeah. Biden said, Joe Biden, who is the most, you know, one of the most popular Democrats right now, said that we were going to have all of our troops out of, uh, out of Afghanistan, all of them, by 2014. And he fucking lied because we didn't do it. So They didn't suddenly, even make an attempt. Right. And here's the thing. Obama ran on any of those wars and he didn't do it, right? Trump, to his credit, ran on ending these wars and is now doing it. And yeah. liberals have lost their fucking minds over it. Yeah, and, and it's just fucking unreal to me, the, as you said, the reaction, where, where people are just like twisting themselves into mental fucking Gordian knots to, to justify uh, criticizing him on this move. And it's like, God forbid he win a political victory. Like, hey, fucking maniacs. Like, I'd rather people not be slaughtered uh, by our fucking troops if it means that he wins a political victory. I'm fine with him winning a political victory if it means we're not going to kill a bunch more fucking civilians. I mean, Jesus well, Christ, how fucking inhumane of a thought. It, yeah. You well, know? And people say, well, he lies all the time, so there's no way to know what his intentions are. Well, yes, he lies about certain things, and other things he's been always been consistent on. They said, well, he's doing all these things he said he was going to do. It's like, yeah, well, you probably should have believed some of that shit. <laughs> and apparently this was one of them. Uh, you know, you look at uh, Andrew Gillen was like, this is a disgrace. And it's like, what? So you're saying that oh, you're that dude's such a fucking so, clown. Oh, you know, it's like, you think we'd be pulling 7,000 troops out of Afghanistan and all the troops out of Syria if Hillary Clinton was president? Fuck no. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I don't, yeah. I don't, uh, Trump is a piece of shit. I don't care yeah, what he does. Course, good. But... He's always going to be personally a piece of shit, but uh, he has proved from North Korea to, to here uh, you know, with with these uh, just absolute quagmire wars that we cannot win, that we have no purpose being in, other than to make profits for Boeing and Raytheon and GE, uh, he is well to the left of Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, and almost the entire Democratic establishment when it comes to our foreign policy. I mean, how how fucking pathetic is that? That's so it's, pathetic. <laughs> That's, just like, just listen. It's true, but listen to that statement, how pathetic that is. I that, mean... That, that the, the supposed left-wing party are a bunch of fucking bloodthirsty maniacs like John Brennan. I've, yeah, I've been racking my brain to try to figure out what it is about him that really... Because he's made statements a bunch of times. Like, he was having some... There's in that um, book by one of the, the um, Watergate guys um, who is... Wood, Woodward? Yeah, he was wrote this book and he was describing the scene where uh, Trump was talking to this like very 
right-wing evangelical Christian senator or something. And he was like, you know, Trump was like, well, where does it ever end? And the, it was Lindsey Graham, actually, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Lindsey Graham, he's like, well, it never ends because we're fighting evil. Because they literally, like, they, <laughs> they want us to be fighting Islam forever. Yeah. And, and, you know, onward Christian soldier, you know, with our cluster bombs and everything. And Trump was just like, apparently from, from what Woodward described, Trump wasn't having it. He was like, that makes no sense. Like, you, so I, I've been racking my brain trying to figure out what about him is like, sees that as wrong. Whether he, I don't know if he sees it as morally wrong. I think he sees it as pragmatically stupid. Mm-hmm. Because right, it is foreign it, policy. Because look it, at what it's fucking given us. I mean, it's so stupid, and, and even an, a fucking moron like him can see through it. I mean, that's how right unproductive well, uh, and you know counterproductive our Middle East interventionist wars have been. We've created fucking ISIS. We've yeah. created vacuums. We've created a, a, a vacuum in Libya that that now they're fucking trading slaves in in open air markets. I mean, Jesus Christ, how many more uh, lives do we have to destroy before we realize that? Uh, we're not over there doing anything remotely of worth. We're just making things fucking worse. And even if we do pull out in an abrupt manner that surprises people and isn't the best way, you know what? It's still fucking better than us being there endlessly and doing the shit that we've been doing to destabilize that region. We just we don't ever leave. This idea of like, well, we should slowly reduce the amount. Of, it's like it never fucking ends. There's yeah, always Obama somebody going to do. Yeah, it's like we just we can't ever get over it. It's like, well, we still want to have 14 permanent bases and we need to station, you know, we have to have troops stationed at those bases. So, you know, we'll dial it down over the course of, you know, the next 20 fucking years. And it's <laughs> yeah, just it's, it's you know, p- people that weren't alive when 9-11 happened can now enlist in the military. That's how fucking long we've been in Afghanistan. Yep. As Jimmy Dore says, two more years in the Afghanistan war can get a gold watch. I mean, Jesus Christ. It's, it's, yeah, it's... the Afghanistan war can vote now. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you know, I want to I want to read out a, a a tweet that uh, Jeremy Scahill put out because it's actually a pretty good summation of uh, what's going on right now. <clears throat> it's a list of uh, points that he wants to make about this situation. Uh, one, I support withdrawing U.S. troops from uh, all of these wars, overt and covert. Two, Trump is an, Trump is an unstable authoritarian who cannot be trusted. Three, the whole Mattis was an adult thing is bullshit. He's a hawkish war criminal. Uh, four, it's very telling that the war party in D.C. is furious. Five, uh, this is an opportunity for progressive forces to assert an alternative vision for U.S. foreign policy. Uh, six, Trump is a crooked charlatan, but these withdrawals would represent a dent in the armor of the bipartisan war machine. Uh, seven, this chaos presents opportunity. Uh, eight, there is a real possibility that Trump will uh, withdraw forces from Afghanistan uh, in order to use Eric Prince's forces. This must be opposed ferociously. Uh, nine, one consequence of major drawdowns could be a dramatic uptick in covert actions and airstrikes. Uh, Obama embraced that model. And 10, for those who somehow think this is Trump opposing the war machine, I point you to his massive escalation of drone strikes, his uh, ease of rules for killing civilians, his use of ground troops in Yemen and Somalia, and his use of criminal weaponry, uh, weaponry like the Moab in Afghanistan. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I largely agree with what he was, he was bringing up there, but I, I want to address a couple of those points um, specifically. Um, so, uh, we'll get, and we'll get to the Mattis thing in a little bit. Uh, so, I'll, I'll table that. But, um, we, you know, it, it is very telling that everyone in D.C. is furious, and that kind of tips off to me that this is genuine and that it's not just for show because people like Lindsey Graham wouldn't be in hysterics you know getting the vapors on on fox news if the, <laughs> if if this wasn't like a real thing like if this was just for show 
Lindsey Graham has been trying to suck up to Trump for months since the Kavanaugh thing. So, I mean, yeah. I don't think he would, you know, he gets, he got the word from his, his defense contractor overlords, you know, and Raytheon and Boeing to say, Hey, this is fucked up. Don't let him do this, you know, go out and say that this is wrong and, and, you know, shame him or whatever. Um, but Scahill's right. This chaos that Trump causes just by doing things instinctually uh, for once, you know, he happens to have, and, and I say for once, but we've mentioned a few, you know, rare times where he's had uh, the right instincts on things. For once, this actually presents an opportunity to say, uh, to give him positive reinforcement and say, yeah, great, keep going, do it in Afghanistan. And uh, what- at the same fucking day, we were like, oh, we're pulling troops out of Syria. And I was like, wait, we had tr- troops <laughs> yeah. in Syria. That's fucked up. Oh, but we're taking all 2000 out. Oh, holy shit. And then an hour later, we're taking half the troops left in Afghanistan. And I'm like, what the fuck is who- we- <laughs> we've been trying to, ha- to get to this point for years in the anti-war. Yeah. We haven't yeah. got nowhere with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then this guy just but that also proves that obama's fucking hand-wringing about it was total bullshit because you literally can just be like no no no, we're just gonna leave like yeah. turns out when you start a war illegally you don't need congressional approval to end that war you can just fucking end it the same oh, way like you know Remember, it's the, just you know, fucking nonsense the senate just voted to reassert uh, authority over the president in you know for uh yemen and everyone's like we should have the right to control when we go to war and it's like all right well i'm gonna end two wars it's like no you can't that's not you just <laughs> you like he just um, took the <laughs> took, pulled the rug out from under him so now scahill brings up a good point and he's a good authority on this because he literally wrote the book on blackwater it's a fucking yeah. tremendous book called blackwater and when you really look into the war crimes of eric prince who's betsy devos's brother and the uh, creator founder of, of blackwater which was this uh, mercenary group of hired contractors that we that we hired in uh, Iraq and Afghanistan to uh, fight the war there because it was so unpopular and their enlistment numbers were down. Uh, but the problem with uh, mercenary groups and contractors like them is that they're unaccountable to uh, U.S. military code of conduct, as lax as that may be. <laughs> it, they, yeah. they, they have even less uh, rules. They don't have to follow the rules of engagement. I mean, they regularly committed atrocities, absolute uh, war crimes, like driving through the streets of oh, just Mosul and just yeah. shooting civilians, like people like, yeah. it, you know. Well, um, as long so, as they only shot one or two on a, you know, as they're driving a convoy through town, they wouldn't get caught. The The big one they got caught for was when they shot 17 people in one city oh, square God. all at the same Horrible. time and that it was like you couldn't hide that any you know so i i think there was even kind of a guy similar to that that guy in vietnam you told me about uh who who tried to stop them like during that rate like one of the guys oh, hugh like, thompson fucked up yeah like uh i don't know if he actually went as far as hugh thompson did unfortunately maybe could have saved some of them but um so but but Scahill brings up an interesting point is that Prince has been angling for months for Trump to pull our troops out and to use uh I, I you know I forget he so basically Blackwater was so insanely illegal and corrupt and and immoral and yada yada that they had to rebrand as this other uh company I think they're called oh, Z they, they changed their name several times actually I don't know what it is um, now but Z was right after Blackwater and I think they had to change oh, it again because <laughs> they did more fucked up shit as Z well it's like you, you kind of a bad reputation I mean, he's a fucking monster logo is not gonna is a fucking <laughs> no, yeah. monster well you talk about evangelicals who think that you know the, the tanks and bombs and guns are the way you fight for the vision of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ I mean mm-hmm. it's 
it sounds extremely warped to us because we think Jesus was a fucking black socialist, right? Um, but it doesn't to them because their Jesus is the you know the Republican Jesus with uh, you know with the fucking M sixteen. Like they don't the, they the, think the, that's the Jesus that Ricky is. Bobby and, <laughs> yeah. and Talladega Nights describes. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, so that's, so that's a very real concern is that he's, he, he thinks that, you know, Prince might be trying, cause he has been going on TV and trying to convince Trump to bring in his mercenaries instead of our troops. But, um, you know, hopefully what's going to happen is we're going to draw down troops and there won't be enough time to institute that before his next term starts. I mean, that's my hope. And also if Trump, the, the, the silver lining, even if Trump does withdraw our troops and temporarily bring in Prince's troops, as fucking horrible as that will be, is that immediately if Bernie wins, he can say, fuck off, Eric Prince. And it would be impossible for Bernie to be like, oh, yeah, we're going to send troops back to Afghanistan. Maybe. I don't know. It's I, I, Bernie, I fucking Bernie hope, seems you know? like he's less decisive when it comes to this stuff than trump is i don't know like i couldn't see bernie just saying hey we're pulling all the troops out overnight you know like i'd be like no yeah i I, I agree but i also think his instinct is 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 even you know obviously to the left of trump on that like his instinct without a doubt without a doubt so i've heard so many conspiracy theories from liberals um in the last 48 hours about why trump actually did this you know that it's uh you know, just Putin whatever Russia, yeah, the one with like, oh, well, he's pulling troops out of Afghanistan because Russia wants to invade next. It's like, you realize that Russia did that and learned not to get stuck in a fucking quagmire. And then the people are like, well, pulling the troops out is exactly what Russia wanted. Uh, it's like, are you kidding me? There is nothing Russia would love more than the U.S. military to be engaged in as many quagmire wars as possible because they know that's what crushes empires. And they do want to be the biggest superpower. Absolutely they do. So the the idea that this help somehow pleases Russia, that we're pulling out of these wars, it definitely does not. Sure. Just despite what the fucking Putin said uh, at the, his little he state of the union address. He knows he, he could say the littlest stupid thing like that and people will fucking obsess oh, over yeah. it for weeks, which they have been. So um, the, the one theory that yeah. I've heard that sounds credible is the idea that... The Erdogan thing? Yeah. The Erdogan thing related to Khashoggi. Being that, you know, Turkey's got some fucking dirt on Saudi Arabia and has more intel they can release, right? Mm -hmm. And Trump doesn't want that, right? So they're basically saying, well, we don't want you protecting the Kurds in Syria. Uh, We don't like the Kurds. Obviously, the Kurds have been fighting with Turkey for hundreds of years, right? I mean, just Mm -hmm. it goes in its territory, right? The Kurds have their own territory. That Kurdistan is is a region, autonomous region that ta- is part of Iraq, Iran, Syria, and Turkey, and the vast majority of Kurdish people live within the boundary of Syria. There's only about two million Kurds in the tiny little corner of Syria, but still, they don't want the Kurds having protection, right? And and we've mm-hmm. never, I mean, the the Kurds are considered to be terrorists by the U.S. State Department because they're militias are all like marxist left-wing militias 40 percent of their troops are women like they're like they're the revolutionary radical leftist armed you know type people um but they're not out to conquer anyone they're just there to protect their own soil but we wanted them to go fight isis for us which they already were uh so the idea that like they're somehow now vulnerable that we're pulling out we've u.s has never been their ally u.s has never been the ally of the kurds but american People are especially Democrats are like, oh, they're such you know they're they're poor refugee gypsy people that we must protect, and it's like, no, they're not. There's 30 I million get- of them, and they all have AKs. They're they're going to be fine if we leave. 
You know what's funny uh, is I oh, guarantee I did, you. Like, <laughs> I, I fucked up. I forgot to get to the theory, but the theory was that uh, to to keep kind of covering up the Khashoggi thing, uh, Ergodin was like, "Okay, pull your fucking troops out. We're gonna release more shit that's gonna make it look bad with Saudi Arabia." So mm-hmm. that was the one theory that sort of carried a little I, bit I, of water. I don't even but, fully, yeah, I don't even really think it's that. I think he genuine. But so the funny thing is, I guarantee you, like fifty percent of the people hand wringing over that uh, the, the, uh, the thing about the Kurds couldn't even tell you that Kur- uh, Kurdistan was an actual country. They would have been just been like, oh no, that's like a religious sect of Islam that you know happens to be like. I guarantee you, they don't fucking give a shit about the Kurds. This the Kurds have been the the. Uh, go-to excuse for any kind of intervention that we want to do in the middle east left or right i mean bush back in fucking during uh iraq was like oh well saddam hussein gassed the kurds yeah in the fucking 80s so you're gonna all of a sudden invade him in yeah 2002? guess who guess who like, sold him the gas man. guess where saddam got the gas to do that from oh uh, that w- would that happen guess. to be the united states of america i'm just gonna Bingo! take a wild guess <laughs> So yeah. weird. Yeah. No, I know. Weird. Yeah. Well, um, it, you know, I, I don't... The Kurds wanted material support from the U.S. government to keep fighting ISIS, but they never... I hadn't heard of any Kurdish militia no, they haven't that, given was, them that was like... That asked for U.S. troops to come and occupy their land to help them. They never asked for that. And, they, and the U.S. Tro- and U.S. troops haven't actually given the Kurds any support. Like, very minimal support. No. Like, it's just... They, they, it's, it's just bullshit. It's such fucking total <coughs> bullshit. Um... So, you know, obviously, for whatever reason he's doing it, and if it's, you know, or if it's just that he wants to have a better relationship with Turkey for whatever other reason, I, I don't give a fuck. Like, if Vladimir Putin is has some master plan to fucking destabilize America by making Trump do a bunch of left-wing shit, then fucking have at it. Like, you know, I have no problem with... I you know I, hey I you should give them all health care so uh, so 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 all the left wing uh, oh, d- you know liberal know. progressives will vote for you like uh, yeah great okay that's fine the, the, with me the thing I wonder is is Trump the kind of capitalist that looks at a war and thinks what a what a waste of hotels and casinos you could have had by blowing up everything <laughs> I think that's how he thinks that like there's just so many better ways to make money that don't destroy things that in his mind to, you know, in his mind, like every Arab city could be Dubai. Right. And that's the way that you should have things. So in his brain, it's like, let's make, let's stomp at the wars and do corrupt developer deals with all the the heads of state. And that's the way we should be making money in the middle East, not with these fucking proxy war bullshit things. I mm-hmm. think that's how he really thinks about it. So it may like, maybe there's a slight yeah. bit of morality there, and then just again the pragmatism where he doesn't see it as a, a a a good way to make money, at least in the way that he understands making money. Yeah, and it also could be to to shield what he perceives as pot- a potential political loss with the board with the uh, budget. Then, but like I mean, who, again, who gives a fuck? Like it, yeah. if it gets people uh, gets troops out of an area that we shouldn't be in in the first place, I'm all for it. So. Uh, no, you know absolutely, was, absolutely. You know who was not all for it, though. Uh, you'll you'll be shocked to find out that uh, uh, Hillary Clinton, uh, not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Miss uh, Mrs. I want to uh, institute a no fly zone in Syria, which, by the way, the the, the Pentagon uh, said would very likely lead to World War Three because there is a extremely high probability of uh, uh, conflict with Russia if we were to try to institute a no fly zone. 
because they also have planes flying there, and there was a very good chance that we would have shot one of them down yeah. and been on the brink of World War Three. So she's well, a fucking maniac, of course. We are right on the precipice of the Top Gun sequel, so be <laughs> shooting out a couple of megs would be a perfect way to sell a movie. Yeah. <laughs> so here was her tweet um, on this, and, and by the yeah, all right, so I'll read it out. Uh, Actions have consequences, and whether we're in Syria or not, the people who want to harm us are there and at war. Isolationism is weakness. Empowering ISIS is dangerous. Playing into Russia and Iran's hands is foolish. This president is putting our national security at grave risk. So you'd be fooled for thinking that that was uh, Lindsey Graham or John McCain or fucking Dick Cheney, but no isolationism is weakness that is and i tweeted this earlier that is fascist fucking verbiage that is insanely fascist rhetoric uh coming from the democrats last nominee for president of the united states so oh yeah i I mean mean, how fucking gross again people say well uh we maybe hillary would have been bad but we can't ever know how bad and it's like, yes, we can, because yeah, she's no, still here to tell us. She's still here to fucking remind us how bad it would have been. <laughs> the ghost of the Christmas that never was, thankfully. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, just, but this is not fucking isolationism. We're taking 2,000 troops out of a fucking area that we should never have been in in the first place, that we were oh. illegally occupying. How is that we, isolationism? We're still bombing seven fucking countries. We have bases in every country in the world. What the fuck is she talking about? Imagine if you had a stalker tell you that, you know, you telling them they're not welcome in your home anymore is you trying to be isolationist. <laughs> like, no, I'm just really not into you coming break. over and being a fucking asshole and invading my house. No, my it, it, it's, it, it's so fucking stupid. I can't. I, I can't. She's she's a maniac. I'm so glad that she did not win the fucking presidency. Like I, as much as I loathe Donald Trump, and I'm not saying I prefer him, I'm very glad for uh, the the lives of fucking innocent brown people in those countries that she didn't win because she's a maniac and she would have escalated our bombing think, in almost think about all of those this, countries. Though. If Bernie had won the presidency, would mm-hmm. he be in a position to keep fighting for Medicare for all as much as he? is right now or would he be he too busy being the head of state i mean well i don't know he, i mean it, it's i, I, I it might have actually worked out <laughs> for the best that he was able to mobilize after his obvious getting fucked over to the point where now if he does get elected president he'll have the momentum of the people and popular will on his side because he yeah, didn't well, well, maybe this was bernie's plan all along was to not win this time but to elevate the platform, probably. get the platform out there, and then just fucking, you know, by the, by 2020, just fucking home run around the bases. Um, who knows? Maybe he is a genius. <laughs> no, I, I think he wanted to win, and I think he would have won uh, if he had, if he hadn't been fucked over. But uh, but no, I mean, I think it, in in the end, it might have actually worked out for the best because uh, we elected somebody so uh, maniacal and untenable. Uh, that going back to the status quo is just not even an option because he uh, took a sledgehammer to the status quo. So now we have to rebuild, and uh, guess what? We ain't going to rebuild in the fucking bullshit neoliberal uh, economic right-wing image of Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton and Barack Obama and Joe Biden and the fucking shit-lib Democrats. Again, this hasn't been talked about that much, but there was a much bigger plan for Syria than just 2,000 troops that Trump also didn't support 
Uh, I don't know if you saw this tweet from Glenn Greenwald. Uh, Trump's opposition mm. to the covert CIA regime change program in Syria, in contrast to Hillary's vehement support for it, she criticized Obama for restricting it, was one of the first and biggest reasons the CIA backed Clinton in 2016 and hated Trump. So mm. <laughs> the CIA, you know, they're they're sort of like, I've seen a lot of people on the left kind of gravitate towards Trump because they think he's fighting the deep Rassenstein state brothers. that they hate. <laughs> oh, oh, right. oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, no. I'm talking about like the shirtless pundit oh, yeah, types, yeah, yeah, you know, like yeah, the yeah. leftists that think that Trump's actually a hero of the left, which he clearly is not. No, it's um, ridiculous. But, you know, or, or like fucking what's his, what's her name? Um, Cassandra, whatever fuck. She went from like being an Occupy person to now being like oh, this total right wing. Cassandra Fairbanks. Yeah. There you go. There you go. What did I say? Cassandra, Cassandra. Yeah, you were right. Cassandra. Um, and yeah, she's like, if he actually ends these two wars, I'm going to get his face tattooed on my back the way that uh, some other fucking Roger Stone got Nixon's face tattooed on his back. It was, I was oh like, my what? God. That's fucking that weird. Fucking but fucking anyway, I, I'm under no illusion that Trump is not a monster in so many other ways, but. He's still so. I don't know if I want to say compulsive on this because he said like I wanted to do this six months ago and I didn't do it because they kept trying to talk me into not doing it. And his instinct is it. to do it, which means he's going to fucking do it. Like his, in, he always goes with his, his actual instinct. Whether his rhetoric matches his instincts or not is is a crapshoot. But when you tell well, he's actually he feels a certain way about something, he'll eventually do it. As, as bad as it may and be, that's or as what good doesn't as it may be. scare me about this is because people said like he just woke up and decided to do it. And I'm like, well, no, he didn't. He we talked about it on the campaign he, trail. Right. He ago. said he <laughs> wanted to do this for a long time. So he didn't tell anyone before he did it. He just fucking he, did it. Uh, you know, it's funny. Which, he talked about this before he ran for president. Like 2012, he was criticizing Obama for not getting out of Syria. Like in, in tweets, he was he was tweeting about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so, of course, he's contradicted himself on a million other things that people just don't know what to think. But again, you got to kind of look at what he has lied about out of convenience versus what he's been consistent on. Mm -hmm. To really see what he wants, I guess, or at least what he has, um, his intention has been with some of these things. The man contains multitudes, I guess. <laughs> Not really, but uh, in in some in some certain very specific cases, maybe. Um, but you know, we were talking a little bit about um, Bernie and and the kind of movement that he inspired. Well, uh, one of the candidates he inspired, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, of course, has uh, you know taken the nation by storm. And uh, one thing that she's helped really uh, popularize, but I would say even introduce to people, is this whole concept of a Green New Deal, uh, a, a green jobs yeah. bill that would create you know tons of yeah. green energy infrastructure and help move us completely off of fossil fuels. She um, pretty much stole it from the Green Party, who's been using that term for decades now, and yeah, but never exactly, got but anywhere with it. And then in one month, she's like, "Hey, guess what? It's mine. <laughs> it's a fucking. It's yeah. She so she's got it. The kids got so, Moxie. She does. And so you know, you you set you think about it, and it's like, what do you think Green New Deal probably pulled at in terms of the recognition of the concept before even the 2016 election? Maybe 10 percent. 15 like of the country less than that i mean how many yeah. people even know what the new deal is let alone a green New Deal? <laughs> this is this is true or so, know um, what it entails yeah so uh you know on the heels of her uh occupying pelosi's office uh or you know joining the protests in, in pelosi's office for the green new deal uh which was organized by the sunrise movement um there was a poll recently conducted by a group called data for progress um 
uh, to to ascertain support for the Green New Deal now that she's been talking about it. So um, I want to read you some of these numbers because they are unbelievable uh, <laughs> in like a two-week window. Uh, the new polling numbers, uh, which are based on an online poll of 966 registered voters, show that uh, 81% of respondents support this idea, either somewhat or strongly. That includes 92% of Democrats, which <laughs> always that 8%. It's fucking unreal. There's always that fucking hate percent oh, yeah. of, of Hillary supporters that just hates anything. So um, 92% of Democrats, 88% of independents, and even 64% of Republicans. So this idea that most of America has not had not heard of a month ago now has 81% support in this poll. Well, clearly uh, uh, the Democrats have found a winning platform issue for 2020 obviously they're all going to run on it so you you would think like oh, this without is a, a no-brainer doubt. right without a doubt and of course nancy <laughs> pelosi uh has has promised to you know organize this 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 select committee on climate change so uh you know I, i'm curious if there's any news on that well you know turns out uh there is some news on that um this is from the huffington post uh democrats just blocked alexandria ocasio-cortez's push for a green new deal committee Instead, Democrats are sticking to their original plan and channeled ExxonMobil in an announcement refusing to bar members who take fossil fuel money. Um, <laughs> I mean, just so I'm going to read a little a little snippet of this because this is I, I mean, my fucking head exploded when I read this this quote by 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 this fucking shithead that they uh, appointed to chair this panel. So um, <clears throat> Democratic leaders on Thursday tapped. Uh, uh, Rep, oh, I almost said Republican, Freudian slip, tap Representative uh, Kathy Castor, who's a Democrat from Florida, to head a revived U.S. House panel on climate change, all but ending a dramatic month-long effort to establish a select committee on a Green New Deal. <clears throat> Castor's appointment came as a surprise to proponents of a Green New Deal. Uh, the move also kicked off a controversy as the six-term congresswoman dismissed calls to bar members who accept money from fossil fuel companies from serving on the committee arguing it would violate free speech rights <laughs> despite there's oh wait to hear this quote despite i thought they just said that money doesn't talk and there's no conflict of interest so what despite difference we, would it make either way yeah despite weeks of protests demanding house democrats focus efforts next year on drafting a green new deal this sort of the sort of sweeping economic policy that scientists say matches the scale of the climate crisis castor told e e news that the plan was quote not going to be our sole focus she then suggested that barring members who have accepted donations from the oil and gas and coal industries uh, from serving on the committee could be unconstitutional. I don't think you can do that under the First Amendment, really, she said. That reasoning echoed arguments from uh, ExxonMobil Corporation uh, that they made in court as, as recently as this year to defend its funding of right-wing think tanks that deliberately produce misinformation about climate science to stymie government action on global warming. Yeah, so so fossil fuel contributions uh, are free speech, but if you uh, support uh, a boy economic boycott of apartheid Israel, they can block you from doing that and get you fired from your job. So I'm sure it's just a coincidence uh, that uh, Kathy Castor has accepted more than seventy three thousand dollars from the uh, fossil fuel industry in a twelve year tenure in Congress. Total isn't, isn't Castor the name of an oil company? Castor Oil, also? yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Castrol uh, GTX. Um, so 
It's I mean, this is just roll, not caster. Whatever, it's the same fucking caster. Well, I, it's caster roll, but I think they pronounce it in the yeah. I don't know. They were a big sponsor of WWF in the '90s. So I, I just remember these ridiculous, over the top, like motor oil commercials. It's like who the f- yeah. like? Is it really worth money to advertise motor oil? Like, how many people go out and buy motor oil? Like, fucking ten people. I don't know. Um, yeah. Well, you and, know, it, and it, they got to sell ads for things people don't actually need. That's the thing. That's why you never see a, an ad for a bicycle on TV or an ad for water on TV. You see PR ads for Nestle because they look like <laughs> shit, but you never we see actual ads water. for water. <laughs> oh, um, they've been they've been running nonstop ads online oh, on Twitter. They've been promoting like, oh, like we're crazy, saving yeah. Flint, we're saving Flint. It's like Fuck you are the off. reason. The fucking corporations and austerity are the reasons Flint happened in the first place. You fucking motherfuckers. Yeah. So, I mean, this is just comical. I mean, Nancy Pelosi is just a fucking pathetic, disgusting corporate whore. Like, th- this is such a gross, you know, I mean, I-, I can't, I'm trying so hard to police my fucking verbiage on this, but I mean, this is just a fucking gift to the fossil fuel. This is a fucking reach around to the fossil fuel companies. Like, what, how else do you explain this? They're probably panicked that that uh ocasio was building all of this grassroots support to uh eliminate their industry and put them all out of work and they were like look do not under any fucking cir- any fucking circumstances let her create a green new deal select committee and do not put anyone at the head of the climate committee that's gonna uh be receptive to those ideas put one of our fucking puppets from the democratic party as the head of that committee and let them crush any kind of legislation that would actually move us uh, completely off of fossil fuels. Yeah. And well, the, Nancy the Pelosi, dutiful soldier, soldier did it. Yeah. Well, none of, none of our new, you know, young bloods are in office yet. Right. So they're already trying to pull these levers when they're not sworn in yet. Uh, yeah. They very well soon will be. <laughs> and, now, obviously, Pelosi is still going to be there. Uh, all these douchebags, not all of them, but many of them will still be there. But their influence will continue to wane. And, um, you know, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but someday that select committee is going to happen. And someday the Green New sure. Deal is going to happen. Uh, I hope it's you know, not too late to stop this. You know, I mean, they, they say we have 12 years to completely... Reverse. Oh, they've been saying we have 12 years left for the last 40 years. I remember this shit. But no, I mean, we got to take drastic action. And and obviously, the fossil fuel industry is the, the, the quickest way to get there. Getting everyone to go vegan is probably not going to happen in 12 years. Um, <laughs> getting everyone to give up their cars is not going to happen in 12 years. But, you know, if we can at least make massive changes in one industry and keep working on the other two big, you know, carbon polluter polluting industries um then yeah i, I think well, that's, so that, i think you know as far as climate justice goes i think that's why we haven't gone over over the over two as much because they are so much more ingrained in people's lifestyles um but you know anyway we've talked about that before but and and you know and the 12 and the 12 year number is not i, I mean it it seems somewhat arbitrary but what it really is is um it it, so basically, like we we're we're on pace for a certain level of uh, temperature rise in the sea levels, and I think that that in twelve years, if we don't completely cut ourselves off of fossil fuels, or at least be on the path to a hundred percent renewable, we'll be uh, on track to blow past the two degrees warming, which would be oh yeah, right. Catastrophic. Well, 350.org is named as such because three hundred fifty parts per million of of CO two is the most we can get away with and not destroy the planet. And we've already passed 400 parts per million several years ago and have not come down below that. That's very true. So yeah, I think they did the math and figured out if we 
if we don't get below 400 and get back to 350 uh, in the next 12 years, if we continue to increase, we're, we're never going, we're never guys, coming basically. back. We're never coming back, right? Um, but the, the scary thing to me, though, is the Paris Climate Accord that everyone has lauded as the thing that we need to stick with it's and Trump pulled this out of. It doesn't, people have this myth in their heads that it reduces carbon emissions. It doesn't. It doesn't even cap emissions. The Paris Climate Accord is only an agreement to the rate at which carbon emissions are allowed to continue to increase. That's all it is. It's, it's, by the way, it's not even binding. It's a fucking suggestion. Like, there's no, like, <laughs> right. it, there's no enforcement. Well, like, what do you think? Exactly. I mean, you need to have something that is, obviously, binding would be better, but you need to have something where everyone agrees to it, otherwise it doesn't work, because yeah. countries will agree to a thing. It's like, you know, if you if you made one business have to start paying 15 bucks an hour, and everyone else was still paying 10, then like, yeah, that, that one business would probably not last. But if everyone has to do it, then everyone benefits and it doesn't hurt any one particular person or business, yeah. right? So that's why these international agreements matter, because you need to get everyone on board everyone's got to agree, right? Because if only one country is doing it, eventually their GDP is going to go down. They're going to be like, well, fuck, if no one else is bothering this, what difference does it make if we do it or not? Right. So I understand the, the idea of an agreement. And of course, you have to keep improving upon it, make it binding, uh, start putting caps and then reductions and making them mandatory. And if the country pulls out of it, they get the fuck sanctioned out of them for it. Now, you know, I don't yeah. like sanctions, but you can do other things, you know, there's ways you can, you can non, change non-civilian. I mean, there's sanctions that you can put on businesses that won't yeah. affect civilian yeah. populations in terms of like their food supply. You know, the the horrible oh, fucking if, maniac sanctions that we put on Iraq. Like that's not if the, a, if a country was damaging the ecosphere the way corporations are allowed to, we'd bomb them, right? So <laughs> it's just like the the idea that we can sanction a country but not an industry is <clears throat> just ridiculous. No, of course, of course. I, I mean, yeah, that undoubtedly. Um, but but it's never gonna fucking happen. Well, I mean, hopefully, we'll we'll see. You know, I mean, just it. But it's just it just shows you how fucking unbelievably right wing and out of touch the fucking Democrats are, and how absolutely. Uh, the, the, this is not a party you're ever gonna convince. There's no convincing these people. These people are Republicans. Like you need to eliminate them. Like they need to be primaried. They need to be whatever method you need to to get to get somebody into office who is not gonna uh, go along with this bullshit. And you know, it, there's no fucking playing nice with them. I don't want to hear any of that shit about like you know, well, you know, sometimes uh, you know, Pelosi. Did. No, she's our fucking enemy, and she needs to be opposed. And you know, if we need to uh, play uh, politics occasionally. To get things done, that doesn't mean that she's all of a sudden in our good fucking graces. Like they're these people at the end of the day don't serve us. So and they're never going to. <laughs> Nancy Pelosi's not gonna wake up one day and be like, gee, she's not gonna get visited by three ghosts in the fucking night and, and all of a sudden wake up the next morning and be like, gee, my whole my whole political career has been a has been a lie and has been a sham, and I'm gonna wake up tomorrow and I'm gonna stop accepting corporate donations and I'm gonna do uh, the, what I feel is the right thing. For, she's, it's never going to fucking happen. Nope. <laughs> never going to fucking But she'll happen. die eventually. We all die eventually. And It would be nice um, if she could fucking die you know, retired young, and not in office. Like <laughs> Young minds, you know. fresh ideas. Um, so people, of course, have had said, well, we're not really sure if Ocasio-Cortez is going to hold on to her democratic socialist roots. Uh, and, of course, we've talked about this before, but she didn't waste any time. She knows there is not time to waste 
She knows that uh, we have to push these people out. And when people start freaking out that, oh, she's trying to get more people primaried. Uh, good. That's called a political strategy. <laughs> and if any male Democrat or male politician did it, you'd say, oh, he's just an effective leader. Well, woman does it. Mm-hmm. Uh, woman exerts political power at a young age, doesn't wait her turn. There was a great fucking article. I forget what website it was on. I read um, talking about how afraid people are of her because she's exerting political power that usually people don't assume till much later in their political careers. Uh, but she's doing it not out of ego or, de- uh, you know, drive to have power. She's doing it because she sees no one else is doing the real work we need to do and uh, taking up the political will to save the literal fucking planet from catastrophe, right? I mean, yeah. other people have talked about it, but who else has proposed such radical policy uh, in such a short amount of time as her? You know, no. and actually, was she's even in fucking the office yet. She's already yeah. gotten people. She's gotten eighty-one percent of the country to support a fucking policy that they haven't didn't hear of, uh, yeah. haven't heard of a month before she fucking started talking about it. I mean, that's unreal. That's that's. I, I don't even think eighty-one percent of the country that, knows who she is because I still mention no, her no. name to people, and they're like, "Who?" <laughs> so yeah, no. Outside, I mean, we're uh, very in our own. You know, we talk about bubbles. We're in our own bubble of politics, but like, I think a lot of people. But you know, I do. I she does have some outside of like, you know, Twitter name recognition. But still, it's like she doesn't have a ton of name recognition, and she managed to popularize this idea by making it untenable yeah. for the Democrats to act like they don't support it. Well, even though clearly a lot yeah. of them don't. When they do the poll, they the explain what they, what it is. So eighty one percent of the people they poll who are told what it is support it. It doesn't mean that 81% of the country knows about it and supports it, right? So you still have to educate people as to, yeah, of course. A, what the problem is, B, what the real solution is, and C, who we need to elect to make sure it happens, right? So that that takes that's the movement building that takes work and takes time and takes political organizing. Uh, and we don't have time to fuck around with people like Beto O'Rourke or Ugh. Andrew Gillum, who clearly do not have this sense of urgency. You know, Beto they're, O'Rourke they're... is a fucking Republican. Did you see that? Or I didn't even know how bad his voting record was. Do you see that article? Oh yeah. I, you know, I I didn't read the whole thing, but it's like, of course, he's voted alongside fucking Trump. On he voted against shit. Obama a bunch of shit. Like he Obama, yeah. he, he voted he voted to deregulate Wall Street in a move that even the Obama administration railed against and called way too far. Like he voted with the, the with with the Republicans on yeah. that. Like he is a fucking. You know, I I struggle to even call him neoliberal. I mean, he's he's a fucking right winger. He did a great job of marketing himself as a moderate progressive uh, when he was running against the most reprehensible human being on planet Earth and Ted Cruz. But yeah, um, he is just he's worse than Biden. Like, I'd rather have Biden than him as fucking president, I think. Like, yeah. Well, I don't know. The, the, the last 48 hours, I haven't heard much about Beto. I know these things can, like, pop up and disappear. I think he sort of know, killed his fucking candidacy. I think, like, he really genuinely put a big dent in it. Yeah. Because they're back on Harris yeah. now. They're back on Kamala. Oh, God. They'll do anything. They're, they're just going to... It's musical They'll do chairs. fucking gonna... <laughs> anything to prevent real change from happening. They will do anything to protect the status quo. It's yeah. It's like fuck our fossil fuel boys out. Who 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 do we have next up? Uh, oh, let's bring the cop back in. You know she didn't do so well the first time we brought her in, but maybe maybe things will be different this time. 
She's too you know, sleepy to run for office. Have you noticed that? She always looks like she's about to take a nap, no matter what no, she's, she's doing. She's the, one of the least inspiring speakers I've ever heard. She just doesn't um, look like she didn't care to be there, even, let alone even if she do had, evil shit. <laughs> even if she had like a great voting record, which she has an awful voting record, and she's a fucking cop, and we don't just say that because she's a uh, former DA. She you know, supported things like... Uh, throwing mothers in jail if their kids were truant at school like so you know poor mothers who can't fucking even see their kids off to school because they have to get on a bus at 6 a.m because they're on a welfare to work program she wanted to throw those people in jail uh she defended prison labor uh she she uh argued in court that she shouldn't have to release prisoners when the state ordered her to do so because it would get it would uh, take away a valuable source of prison labor from the California penal uh, institutions. She's a fucking cop and a fucking maniac. Like, she, I don't want her anywhere within sniffing distance of the fucking nomination. So, no, I, you know, no. anyone that doesn't understand I don't think that, she wants it that much either. Um, she just No, they're pushing her. They're pushing her, but it's like, you think Elizabeth Warren really has it in her to run for president? She didn't want to do that. She just doesn't. No. I mean, it's... <laughs> No, when I say Look, they're pushing her, I mean, I think they're pushing her to run, even though she might not want to, because they're just dying to fucking get rid of right. Bernie, no matter I know, I know how they Yeah, can. exactly, exactly. I'm just saying that she doesn't want to do it, and a lot of times it's like, well, we need to, you know, you saw the headline I posted where uh, DNC's agreed to 12 debates, so yeah. that right there, I was like, oh shit, I guess Hillary really isn't running again a third time, because <laughs> there's no way <laughs> they would agree to having 12 debates if Hillary was up there. There's no fucking way in hell. You, but you know what's funny is that they had like 40 debates during the 2008 primary, which was the big bone of contention because they limited it to six debates because Hillary was an awful debater. Um, so 12 is is better, but it's still like awful. Like they've managed to set the Overton window so low that like it's like, oh, my God, wow, they've actually increased. They doubled their number of debates that they've allowed. But yeah, well, I think you're right. That's probably a sign that Hillary's not. Running. Yeah, I, I mean, literally, and of course, we've talked about this many times. Just like every time she goes on TV, her her name, more name recognition means her poll numbers go down, which is the opposite of anyone else who's ever ran for office. I would love to see. Uh, you know, sometimes like they'll have like on one of those shitty fucking like CNBC or Fox Business, they'll have like. A, a guy a spokesperson for a company on and they have the stock next to him in real time and it like you could see it dipping or like oh, yeah. rising as like i'd love yeah. to see like a people like in a room with like a buzzer with like an approved disprove <laughs> button and like like every time she says something <laughs> yeah. it just keeps going down and down and down like, well i, I watched many so. um many of the debates in 2016 i watched with like a room full of people oh, wow. uh that must have been you, fun. Could, you could like every time hillary would start talking um, you would just you'd hear all the you couldn't hear what she was saying because everyone in the room would start jeering, right? <laughs> and and cl- obviously I'm I'm watching this with Bernie supporters, but still, um, uh, yeah, I, she, she was awful in those debates. I mean, I no, I can't. She's, I, she's fucking terrible, she was a fucking terrible. maniac in those. I mean, she just defended. She defended being best. She she was proud of the fact that she would she called that Henry Kissinger called her a friend. How the fuck do you say that with a straight face and then not just like shoot yourself in the fucking head? Like I, because I, she doesn't. She didn't see anything wrong with segregation. She, she saw nothing wrong with the Vietnam War. Uh, she sees nothing wrong with you know. Uh, uh, toppling governments and pulling democracies down via coups. She sees nothing wrong with uh, right-wing death squads in South America. She sees nothing wrong with anything Kissinger did. She, she doesn't understand that that's a thing that uh, people 
uh, would find offensive and immoral and anti-democratic, and she doesn't understand why she would that have would done similar bad. things as president. Like she would have allowed for similar things from her, you know, Defense Department as the president of the United States. So she was like, "Yeah, all right, well, he did what he had to do." So yeah, just, I mean, look uh, at the, the, the uh, reason why we have this fucking, uh, you know, one of the reasons why we have a refugee crisis mm-hmm. is because of the nineteen, or I'm sorry, the 2009 coup in Honduras that she helped orchestrate. Right. Yeah. So for her to, to, you know, and then when kids come here alone, she's like, you shouldn't send those kids back. You shouldn't come here. Uh, or her, her anti uh, refugee comments about uh, about Europe, speaking on behalf of European rulers or whatever. Uh, just it's like, again, people yeah. say, well, she would have been way better than Trump. Like point no. to where that would have been true. She would have pretended to not hate Muslims, even though she did things that were objectively worse for their for their well-being probably yeah i mean there's an argument to be made um yeah no i mean she's she's fucking trash and i can't stand talking about her and i still get idiots who say things like why are you still so done talking about hillary look hillary clinton still runs a good portion of the uh democratic party in terms of the uh parameters of debate uh she very well could run again all of her idiot sycophant uh cultist uh staffers think she's gonna run again uh, which just fucking boggles my mind that she's that arrogant uh because she has an approval rating south of 35 percent right now um you think she could jump into the race you know last second and then they suddenly go oh actually we only have time for four debates again like they would just do that I wouldn't be shocked if they just put picked her all the super delegates picked her on the second round of voting like they because they have so many people in the thing nobody's going to win on the first round of ballots yeah. in the second round of ballots are all of a sudden they all just turn and they and and they you know execute order order 66 and all of a sudden they all vote for fucking Hillary hmm, nice even reference. though she wasn't running yeah I know um <laughs> and <laughs> you're like this 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 yeah I mean, literally, we'll, if that happens, the protesters outside will burn down the convention center. So there's that to look forward to. Um, oh, <laughs> you know? I so wanted to go. I almost went to the DNC convention in Philly 2016 because yeah. I was like, I'm going to be a part of that fucking riot. And <laughs> there was none. Like one person climbed a fence and that was it. And I was like, how are they not tearing that city apart right now for what just happened? I, th- I, I've, I mean, maybe I'm misremembering or maybe I'm thinking of the Republican convention, but I remember cops cracking skulls during one of the conventions. But maybe, maybe not yeah, quite as bad. It, it seemed like most of the raucous was inside the convention. Of course, then they kicked out all the Bernie supporters and, you know, it was like... Turned the lights out on them when they were, you know... Yeah, yeah. Well, they told them they couldn't have certain signs. They couldn't have signs that said Medicare for all. They'd take their signs away. Um, fucking unreal. Just, I, I, I remember there was one... Um, Somebody took a marker and it was like their their whatever state they were. Um, I, they like crossed out parts of the letters to make a different message. And I I'll I'll look it up and find it. This isn't good material for a podcast. Where I'm trying to describe a thing that I can't remember. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, visually, <laughs> but I'll try to find it. And if I can, I'll post it on the on the Facebook yeah, page. But we're gonna have fun um, covering the the, the 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 debates and the convention again this this go around because I think more people are. Uh, hyper focused on any kind of uh, bullshit that they're going to try to pull, uh, which they'll still try to do, but they're not going to get away with it this time. Oh yeah, well here's the thing. Here's the big thing that's going to be different. It's not just the name recognition for Bernie, right? Clearly that's going to be there from the get go, but also having people who had never done political organizing that were brand new to it in 2016. Now they're going to be like, all right, I'm, I've been on Rizzled point for vets. four years. 
the other big thing was that a lot of these primaries, the, they were required to be registered with the party six months prior to the vote. And a lot of those people didn't know who Bernie Sanders was six months to the vote. Right. And well, and now they do. <laughs> and now they know. Now they're either, either already still registered or they know the way the fucking game is played. And they're like, I'm going to make sure I'm registered to vote wherever I need to vote six months prior, you know, where, yeah. the, where the deadline is. And social media is going to be a huge part of reminding people where where they are, where they've got to get registered in order to be part of the primary, right? That was a huge part of how they shut out Bernie voters was yeah. by making these rules where it's like, well, you didn't sign up six months ago uh, back before the primary started, so you can't vote in the primary. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That's in New York, which has literally the lowest voter turnout of any state in the United States because we are run by a bunch of right-wingers who pretend to be Democrats and they hate democracy and they hate any kind of challenge to their fucking uh, mob boss power. Uh, and yeah, so hopefully we we still can get around that because if there's at least some semblance of democracy left in our system, even though it's real fucking, it's, you know, you need a magnifying glass to see it. Uh, you know, we'll do our best. Well, but. And a lot of states did pass um, really good voter reform stuff. You know, Florida yeah, just made it legal for half a million felons or ex-felons, I should say, to be able to vote in the state of Florida. Half a million more people can vote in Florida now. I mean, But still and, Andrew Gillum lost, which tells you how uninspiring right, he was, right. that that progressive policy platform. But how many, how many people in Florida that are ex-felons do you think are black? Uh, well, considering that, I think, what is it, like one in four bl- uh, bl- black men will be, in, will be incarcerated at some point in their life? Probably a good percentage of them. Right. And, you know, not not to tokenize, but, you know, obviously you're going to have a lot of people in Florida, especially felons, probably going to vote for somebody who uh, supports uh, ending racial profiling. Um, you know, yeah, absolutely. Somebody who supports uh, free health care for their fucking poor shit Florida family, you know. Um, it's just overall people who are someone who's been, not going to bullshit them like every other Democrat and Republican has done, you know, for their entire fucking yeah. lives. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people, people have been through the legal, the, you know, criminal justice system have seen the amount of corruption there is in that system. And are, yeah. they're typically going to, if they do vote, are going to vote for massive reforms, um, you know, and, and vote in favor of programs that bring about more justice. Bernie has to come out in favor of legalizing recreational marijuana federally because that is going to be a big thing for a lot of uh, people who have been reenfranchised to vote because a lot of people were sent to jail on bullshit recreational drug charges, <coughs> nonviolent drug offenses. And uh, those people are not going to support a candidate, rightfully so, who doesn't come out and say, this is fucking ridiculous. We're just going to legalize pot I mean- and... I don't know if there's going to be many states that haven't legalized it yet in two years. <laughs> I know. It's well, like half the country is going to do it. Andrew Cuomo's talking about doing yeah. it. Thank you again, Governor Nixon, for uh... Michigan. <laughs> Fucking Michigan, full recreational marijuana last Did they open two, any dispensaries yet? Oh, there's dozens of dispensaries all in every city already have you, have you uh part- partaken in the uh the wonder that is legal not uh, really I, I like i'm friends with or i know a few people that own dispensaries so i've heard uh-huh. kind of the, the ins and outs of um having to work through that um but i i don't know what's gonna happen i think something was gonna happen with the fact that they can't use banks for their money that was causing federally, a lot more crime you can't um, use ba- you can't use american banks because it's federally illegal so they would have to bank in the uk and other places but now right. the hemp hemp bill or the hemp <clears throat> the hemp is legal nationwide that made it a little bit easier for at least cbd companies i don't know about the that recreational pot companies yet 
Yeah, it's it's been interesting, but there's been a lot more um, crime because if all these dispensaries have to deal with only cash, that means there's vaults of cash all over the place and people trying to break in, right? Mm. So it, I, I thought there was some kind of provision in the Michigan's bill, uh, Prop 1, that would allow for certain state credit unions to do, mm. you know, let dispensaries do banking with them. So I, I haven't followed up on that because, again, I don't, I don't smoke weed that much. But, um, yeah, it's still going to be a thing that I think uh, weeder day Bernie may or may not ever really come out strong on that. I don't know if it's a national issue so much as a state one, but I clearly as a criminal justice thing. I think he should. I think that's got to be a a main plank of his like 15 point expanded platform. Like I I think that's got to be on there. If not like something he talks about all the time, it can't be like a a milk toast. Like, well, well classify as a schedule two. like remove it from class schedule one, you know, decriminalizing bullshit. Like he's got to say now full recreational legal weed is something I support. Even if it's not one of his main campaign issues, because even Cory Booker or, you know, people like that are going to at least pretend yeah. to support that. I know. Um, so he's going to have to he can't be out lefted by one of the chit libs on something like as important as that. No, um, certainly not. So, uh, you know, I this is our last episode before Christmas. Uh, and I wanted to talk about Christmas because I think uh, we we have an interesting perspective that we bring to, I mean, not, you know, <laughs> I guess not particularly unique, but um, we're both atheists who were raised uh, in, in I, I was raised at least in a Catholic, you know, family. I don't know about you. I was an atheist raised by atheists. So, oh, okay. Um, so that's interesting. Well, I, I think it's like, there's that Richard Dawkins kind of atheist where you're just or bill maher atheist where you're so obsessed with religion as being bad that you become an asshole to people that have faith talk about how fucking dirty muslims I, yeah. are and things that bill maher talks sam about. harris type people yeah i'm not like that where i grew up so removed from it that it's it's an abstraction to me so when i hear about someone having faith and i see that their faith is like a, a good thing for them and they're not regressive and they teaches them forgiveness and compassion uh you know the the the, the socialist jesus version um of uh, religion i'm kind of like that's cool i respect that yeah. i don't want to infringe sure. upon it that isn't i don't see the harm in there um but had i come from a very regressive conservative uh religious background i probably would be more vehemently opposed to it but i at work, you know, I work for the federal government and federal agent, right? And I talk to people all day and I'll, I'll talk to some Southerner and I'll, you know, end the call and be like, Hey, Merry Christmas. And they're they, like a little light goes off in their head. Like oh, a federal employee <laughs> said, Merry Christmas. The, the, Thanks the, President what, Trump. Right. No, I can tell that they think that I can tell they think that it's like, look, it's a secular oh, holiday God. to me. It's a secular holiday to me. I don't, I mean, it's a federal holiday. I get paid to not work on that day. So, like, clearly we're not unallowed from saying the word, but, like, I don't know. I Maybe, maybe we're supposed to say it's, only it's half a holidays. I don't give a shit. It's such a yeah. bullshit non... So, and, and I work in retail, and that's something that comes up a lot, because we'll say happy holidays to people just as a general rule of thumb, because, like, hey... Why sure. be an exclusionary dick like for the for the sake of it? Like in like not to, like I'll say Merry Christmas sometimes, I'll say happy holidays, but like the people that wear those pins that say like it's okay to wish me a Merry Christmas, I just wanna like dunk their heads in a fish <laughs> tank because it's like what the fuck how right. fragile is your fucking there's so fucking 
they're so they're so triggered that they're losing the culture war that they think that that Christmas, uh, which uh, John Stewart I think had a great quote about this once, where he was like, literally the most ubiquitous holiday of in in all of human history is somehow under attack. It, it's nonsense. I mean, it's oh fucking yeah. Nonsense. Did you see the 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 tweet I I retweeted where it was um there was a uh, protest in Gaza and somebody was dressed up like Santa Claus at the protest <laughs> like it doesn't fucking mean anything um well the one thing i have that is an advantage is that everyone i'm talking to or almost everyone i talk to uh on my computer monitor i can see their name and where they're from right mm. so if you somebody's a good, na- a good vibe for who <laughs> right right so if someone's a you know a naturalized citizen they were born in uh jerusalem israel and their last name's abramowitz i'm probably not going <laughs> to wish them merry christmas right so yeah right <laughs> Um, but yeah, if, if their um, name is, you know, uh, Kyle Miller, the third from, uh, you know, Bozeman, Parkland, Montana, Texas, yeah. I can probably wish him Merry Christmas and get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that, and that's the funny thing is it's just, it, it, again, it's an overreaction to a non-issue like the, And I, I think I tweeted something about this a couple of weeks ago, how like, like boomers, there's, there's this whole like outrage culture where people like gin up fear of in boomers of like culture change where they'll act like 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 uh leftists are sitting around like combing through christmas lyrics from 50 years ago being like oh this is horrible we should ban this meanwhile we're like over here talking about policies that like are gonna like save people's lives like healthcare and climate yeah, change well, what reform was that, and, like, what was that controversy about a 50s christmas song people said it was well, sexist or misogynist well, I mean, they're, they're, you know, there's songs like Baby It's Cold Outside where it's like, if you actually listen to the lyrics of the song, they're pretty rapey. But like, I again, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm not going to like be like, oh, well, I refuse really? to listen to a radio. What's, yeah, what's, what's, like, what's in there that says that? Um, Like, she keep the, the woman keeps saying no. She's just like, the answer is no. And then she'll be like, say, what's in this drink? And he keep, if you listen to the lyrics, it's kind of <laughs> weird. But like, gotcha. OK, well, but again, point, point taken. But again, like. You see, again, you didn't even know about that. I could give a two shits about that. Like, nobody our age actually cares about that shit. Like, that's a made up controversy, you know, that Tucker Carlson reads out on his, you know, nightly show so that boomers sitting in their fucking, you know, in their Barca loungers go, oh my God, these kids are ridiculous. What snowflakes? And they want participants. Like, nobody gives a fuck mm-hmm. about any of this shit. But again, this was way off topic of what I actually wanted to talk about with the Christmas thing. But it's just it's funny because it always reminds me of this this non-existent uh, uh, war on Christmas that that they're all terrified is that, like, no, like that, the, the whole point of this is like, no, atheists love Christmas, too. Like, I, I, I like Christmas. Like, I don't fucking, you know, I'm as atheist as the day is long. Hell I yeah. don't, you know, I'm, a, I'm fucking... a vegan, so I love killing trees. That's my holiday to like <laughs> get down on some tree killing action right there. You know, I Fuck like Christmas vegetables. fucking movies. I like Chris, some Christmas music, even, you know, not, yeah. not, not the really hard, not, not like I'm not a monster. I don't like simply having a wonderful Christmas time or anything. But yeah, I love Christmas um, movies like Die Hard and uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but even like the goofiest fuck ones, like Jingle All the Way, like you know, I love Arnold Schwarzenegger in a comedic <laughs> performance, punching her. How do you not love a movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger punches a reindeer in the fucking face? Like, come on. <laughs> uh, I don't remember that part, but I I don't know if I agree with punching the reindeer. Killing trees, though, all about it. <laughs> well, totally it's vegan. a fake punch of the, you know, the reindeer was oh, charging know, at him. It was self defense. So. Sure, it was CGI or something, but. Uh, so <laughs> um, what but was no, so... the aspect of Christmas you did want to focus on? Well, no. So I, I, I just wanted to talk about uh, Christmas in general and ha- and our feelings on it, because I think that that's something that's that's a misconception as if like atheists like hate Christmas. Like, no, like 
I, I enjoy, you know, the time of the year where like we have like less, we have some time off from work, hopefully. Although, you know, we get like one fucking day basically, you know, Christmas day, but whatever, you know, just, it's a time to hang out with like, yeah. uh, you know, your friends and family. And I know a lot of people, uh, either don't have a ton of family or maybe don't like their family for whatever reason, or if their family's not accepting of them for their, um, gender identity or sexuality or things like that like you don't need to to make nice with those people i mean they can go fuck themselves if they don't like who you are but no. that doesn't mean that you don't well, have especially if you go live in a different city where yeah. you may not go back and see your family every year you can find alternate families you know you can yeah, find exactly. like that's what a, I a christmas get. dinner of people yeah. that all share a same thing uh you know vegan potluck christmas dinner you know or, or whatever it is um and, and yeah, one one of my favorite things was always just like the, how still it is on Christmas Day, at least until the afternoon when everybody is not out doing anything. There's a, oh, I, love a, it, yeah. a, I used to do a group bike ride uh, every year on Christmas morning, like really early, like like seven, eight in the morning when there's not a single fucking car on the street and just go hmm. ride the fucking streets all over the place on, on with, you know, 50 other people on bicycles, you know, just enjoy it. Um so yeah, just just the idea that everything kind of stops for a minute, that all of us get the day off to all kind of do the same thing or possibly different things, but just live life differently. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I and I you know mean that you know there's a lot of like great communities uh, even even that you you may not know of, but that you could become a part of. I mean, you know, if you listen to the show, you're part of you know the Move Left family, and I, I genuinely want people to feel like that. Like you know, like it. it there things like Twitter are great for helping people find uh, like-minded people that they didn't know necessarily existed that like the same shit that they like and that you know yeah. think the same way that they do. Um, and you know, it, it oftentimes uh, in today's media la- mainstream media landscape, it's uh, crippling and stifling to be like, "Wow, am I a fucking lunatic? Am I an asshole? Like, do I not know what I'm talking about?" But the beauty of things like alternative media. Uh, yeah, on YouTube and even podcasts and shit like that we can do and that um, and, and just places like Twitter where you can where you can uh, learn from people who are, you know, journalists or uh, political figures who are just like, no, you're not crazy. Like things are fucked up and like things are fucked up yeah. by design. And I, we are I can't not tell crazy you how people. many times this week I would see a headline that maybe want to fucking throw my computer across the screen, you know, just all these, you know, pro war things uh, all these you know experts say that uh trump is going to destabilize the mid-east and it's like really ending the wars could destabilize the middle east and then you look up who said who the expert was and it's somebody on the you know a foreign intelligence policy uh um think tank founded by henry kissinger and it's like how is that person a fucking yeah, well, ex- expert yeah. and i just sit there like i i just i need to go talk to my twitter family of of like-minded socialists who <laughs> understand this shit it, it, way better than these fucking foreign policy experts who just want to have yeah. nonstop war these weapons contractors weapons lobbyists the people they put on you know retired generals they put on msnbc who they don't divulge uh now are on the board of raytheon or wherever the fuck uh, you know privatized weapons yeah. contractor so yeah it's there's very much times where i feel like um there is sort of a digital community a refuge where you can find like-minded people and want to talk to them <laughs> and yeah. share a conversation and, and, and share understanding. Yeah. And talk to us. If you have no one to talk to, you know, tweet at us where I'm at move underscore left. He's at chaos riot 1999. You know, we we're we're there to, 
the bullshit if you're not like weird <laughs> when i say weird i mean like you know not like you know weirdly fucking anti-semitic yeah. or some shit but no like hey fucking one of my favorite things is like, when somebody yeah, will say something that i think where they don't get the joke and then it turns out that they were in on the joke and i didn't realize they were in on the joke and i'm like oh their fucking sarcasm got me they totally i totally <laughs> thought they were fucking ch- uh yeah so and, and i think a lot of those people have probably heard my voice and know my sense of humor and they're trying to play along mm-hmm. and i don't exactly. get it because I, I don't know them and it's like oh they were you never like, assume sarcasm somebody, from strangers Right. No. And like, I mean, you think they're dumb because you don't know them. And you're like, oh, I'm going to fucking follow this guy because they were funny. And I, I, they got, they got one over on me. So, you know, yeah. it's good. So, yeah. So, so Merry know. Christmas to those people. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, as Vin Diesel once said, uh, you don't have to be blood to be family in the, uh, seminal, you know, Christmas classic, uh, Fast and the Furious. Yeah. And then he jumped a car off the uh, World Trade Center. That's good. Uh, <laughs> Love those movies, um, but yeah. So I wanted to uh, leave. A, well, you know, first let me let me get the plugs out of the way quick. Obviously, I told you our Twitter handles. You can find us facebook.com slash move left, soundcloud.com slash move left, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash move left. Uh, we have a whole bunch of new merch on Teespring. I, I just uh, created a whole new merch uh, line with our new logo yes, and the new logo that is round, not square. I love it. <laughs> and we have a whole bunch of more. We have a whole bunch more shit. We have socks. We have move left socks. We have uh, move oh, left nice. baby onesies. We have uh, you know space I might balls. Might have the children. <laughs> yeah, you never no. know. Um, so yeah, check it out over there. But it's a new link, by the way. I should mention it's tinyurl.com/slash/moveleftmerch. Uh, again, that's tinyurl.com slash move left merch. Uh, and that helps support the show because uh, come the new year, we really want to expand our offerings. We want to start some new podcasts up. We're going to be doing a Game of Thrones review and we're going to need to upgrade our hosting capabilities uh, to do that. So we really uh, need help anywhere we can get it because it's fucking expensive to host this shit, believe it or not. Hell yeah. Um, and and more than anything, just if you like the show, tweet it. Tweet yeah, it out. Share it out. Internet. Yeah. Tweet it. You know, share it on Facebook, rate, review, and subscribe on on Apple Podcasts. That helps us out a lot. Um, yeah, but so, you know, th- this is our last uh, episode uh, before Christmas, and I wanted to share out this audio to end the show. Uh, it, it, it's this video that Russell Brand actually uh, tweeted out a few weeks ago uh, talking about loneliness, and I thought it was a really profound little clip, um, and I think it'll help a lot of people uh j- just to hear something like this because it's not something you hear often from people especially people who are you know celebrities and project themselves as <clears throat> almost mythic figures um so i i think it's really honest and uh, you know i i i found it really uh moving and and you know and helpful so i want to play that and then uh we will uh see you next week and actually, people should be on the lookout around the around the time that the clock strikes midnight on Christmas Eve. Maybe there might be a little surprise coming into your podcast feed. So, you know, keep your eye open for that. So I'm going to play this and we will uh, see you then. What about loneliness? Perhaps loneliness is one of those modern taboos. Like people feel a bit ashamed of being lonely. But I used to be really lonely till quite late in life, actually. I suppose loneliness implies that you're not happy with your own company. My solution to that for a long while was to use drugs when I was alone. It was only a temporary solution. What I have then done 
is I learned to be on my own in a more peaceful and harmonious way just by trying it. It's a sort of thing you have to have practice with. If you're on your own and it's a choice, it can be okay. But human connection is so important. It's so important to have a group identity. I belong to groups of people that don't drink and don't use drugs. I belong to a community around Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I belong to a family. I think a lot of identity politics, whether it's sort of like ethno-nationalism or even identity politics around other kind of ethnicity or sexuality or gender or whatever, I sometimes wonder if it's because we need tribe. We need a tribal identity. We need to feel we're belonging. You know, like if you do feel lonely, don't feel ashamed of it, but think about what positive steps you can take to belong to a community. You know, what is it that you are interested in? It's those old ideas that seem a little dust covered and rejected now. The church, groups around community and helping others. Those ideas, you know, they really work. Volunteering is a very good thing to do. Please don't feel embarrassed about being lonely. I was so lonely for so long, you know, even when I was famous and stuff, just lonely evenings and addictive behaviours indulged to try to placate my own loneliness. Now, I am not lonely. Everywhere I look, a daughter, a dog, a person, family has provided a solution. Maybe not everyone can be that fortunate, but we can all reach out and join communities, places where we can be honest and find new ways to love ourselves, to accept ourselves and be okay with being alone. It's a more complex thing than can be resolved in two minutes, but please feel part of this community and use this resource as a means for reaching out into real connections. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, America. There ain't nothing more depressing than a pine tree. Gussied up with candy canes and balls. Those carolers have kept me up for hours. It's Merry Christmas seeping through my walls. No, I'm no wicked commie nut or nothing. But there's one damn holiday that I can't stand. It ain't Halloween or Thanksgiving or even April Fools, but it'll surely make a fool out of every man. Ha! If I ain't drunk, then it ain't Christmas. You know where to stick those jingle bells. If I ain't hammered, it ain't Hanukkah. And all you motherfuckers go to hell. If I ain't cockeyed, it ain't Kwanzaa. Joy to the world, Jack and Coots. If I ain't drunk, then it ain't Christmas. Cause I ain't never anything but broke. Every year the malls are just a madhouse Full of empty pockets, thoughts, and smiles Just the smell of eggnog makes me vomit And those colored lights are fucking infantile I think we collectively as a people Should rise against this corporate jolly noise And tell the world let's buy some peace and quiet for a change Before we spend it all on fucking toys so if I ain't drunk, then it ain't Christmas You know where to stick those jingle bells If I ain't hammered, it ain't hunker Fa-la-la-la-la, go 
yourself, fuck yourself. If I ain't got it, it ain't Kwanzaa. Joy to the world, get stoned. If I ain't drunk, then it ain't Christmas. So leave this goddamn screws the fuck alone. Ha! Merry fucking Christmas. 